0: Good morning again, me me again, it's good to see you this morning, well I have the privilege of bringing the last sermon of the year to you, we're just going to end with a bang, and uh, today I I am foregoing the adventure stories. You know, I mean, come on. I mean, by now you guys are like, man, that guy doesn't do anything except for sit on a couch, which is safe. (laughs) And I'm okay with that. But uh, Christmas is awesome. And it'd be wonderful if Jesus came to bring us salvation, which he did. But he brought us so much more. He brought us life. And the Bible says he brought us life to the fullest or life more abundantly. And I love that. I love that thought. And we're going to talk a little bit today about about freedom from a meaningless life. Because that's what what Jesus did. He didn't just bring us salvation. He brought us freedom from a life that's completely meaningless. And let me tell you what I mean about that. We'll, We'll actually explore that a little bit. I want to start... Uh, with the book of ecclesiastes if you're not familiar with that it's an old testament book if you open up your old testament it's about halfway through ish you know it was written by we we think solomon we're not really sure it says a son of david king of israel so it's a pretty good guess most people believe it was solomon Uh, but either way so here you go you've got this king of, of israel the greatest nation at the time, and he's, he's in his kingly courts. And I can just see the guy in his royal robes and these beautiful courts, you know, these huge royal halls, walking back and forth. And, he, and it says here, the words of the teacher, that's what he calls himself in the book, son of David, king of Jerusalem, meaningless, meaningless, says the teacher, utter meaningless, everything is meaningless. And can you just see like his like royal aides are just like, oh great, he's doing it again. He's in one of those moods. You know, You maybe you're the guy that had the 12 o'clock appointment to come ask for something, and you're, you're walking in right in the middle of this, you're like, I'll come back later, right? I mean, we've all been there, right? We've all been, at times, maybe not these exact words in our life where we're just like, what, what's a, what are we doing here? Come on, really, what's going on? Can I get a break, Lord? What's my life about? And... What happens here is is the teacher, as he's called in Ecclesiastes, is having an epiphany to everything he's worked for. All this stuff that he's gathered up around him in light of eternity is pretty meaningless. And uh, he goes into it a little bit more in chapter 2. And I know these are like little tiny words, so I'm going to break it down for you a little bit. Ron, can you read that okay? He started squinting a little. Okay. <laughs> You're one of those guys that plays trombone when you read, right? Kind of. Okay. So that's good for you. This is an eye test. Now, I'm going to break it down for you because uh, he starts listing off all the things that he starts realizing is meaningless. And these are a few of the things. And see if they sound familiar to you. Maybe they're things that, that kind of get you occasionally. How about this? Pleasure and good things. I like that stuff. Laughter. Wine and folly, partying in other words. Great projects, he talks about houses, vineyards, gardens and parks, water groves and fruit trees. He talks about servants and herds and flocks. The guy has everything, silver, gold, male and female singers, which is I guess important if you want some harmony. And a harem, he calls it the delights of a man's heart. He even says this, I became greater by far than anyone in Jerusalem before me. He realizes his status is something that in the light of eternity is kind of meaningless too. And all of my labor, his job. We get so wrapped up in that stuff sometimes. And we need to look back and go, okay, really, how meaningful was that? I mean, remember when you were a kid and like, the weeks leading up to Christmas, you are just wearing a hole in your parents' ear about that one specific toy you want, right? I want it, I want it, I want it. Every time you're by, you remember like the Christmas story, the kid with the Red Ryder BB gun, right? And he's like doing like subliminal messages. He's putting ads for it in his mom's magazines. So right? And we just wear it and, and then after a while, we don't even remember it. Or you get the thing that you think your kid's going to love especially the little tiny ones, right? And what do they do? They play with the box, <laughs> right? Some of those things just are meaningless. In fact, if I asked you to look back when you were seven years old, what did you get for Christmas? Some of you may, may know. Some of you may go, oh, that was the year I got so-and-so, because it was your favorite Christmas present ever. But most of us would probably go, ah, I got nothing. I'm lucky I remember what I ate for lunch yesterday. And, and the teacher was going, everything is just meaningless in the light of eternity. And then in chapter 5, I don't have it up here. In chapter 5, he finally realizes, wait a minute. This stuff is all a gift from God. And it's really about him. He has that aha moment that we all kind of need occasionally. And it really started putting things in perspective. And so what I'm going to talk about today is that Sometimes we try to fill our lives with those things that really don't mean a whole lot. Things like the, the, the houses and the partying. And, that, and I'm not talking big houses. Sometimes it's just things and stuff. Sometimes it's our job. You know, sometimes it's even just good works that we try to do for the Lord with the best intention, but we don't put him in the middle of it in in the uh, in the king james version it starts out and says saying meaningless he says vanity vanities a vanity all is a vanity we just kind of do this stuff in vain and it fades away And you guys are probably thinking right now, well, gee, this is kind of a bummer of a sermon for the last one of the year. Gee whiz! But I'm going to turn this around and say, what can we do about this? How can we take this thing that the teacher here calls meaningless, this life, and turn it around? Because Jesus has saved us from that and calls us to a life that is meaningful and purpose and exciting and adventure with him. And uh, so I want you to understand it has nothing to do with being rich or poor of this status or that status or from here or from there or being tall or being short. It doesn't matter. It matters of what we fill our heart with. And so the first thing, the first thing we need to understand is that we understand that we are called to do amazing things. Jesus said, you will do even greater things than I. That's pretty exciting. It's a little scary When Jesus, the Son of God, performing all these miracles, doing these amazing things, you know what? You think these things are great. Just wait till you see what you do through the Holy Spirit. That's exciting to me. And again, a little intimidating. And sometimes it means that we need to kind of rethink or reboot the way we think about our our life with Jesus. And that's point two is this. we, We need to rethink. We need to restore our way of thinking about what it means to follow Jesus. How many people here have a computer? Anybody here have a computer? iPad, iPhone, technology, anything, right? If you don't, that's okay. They make steno pads still and, and pens and that works. But seriously, most of us have some type of computer whatever. And we download stuff from the internet. Those like Everybody watches the little videos of the cat playing piano or something. It's important. And those things tend to come with viruses, right? Not always, but sometimes they do. They sneak them in there. Or maybe you just have used your computer for, for years without doing any maintenance on it. Maybe you just keep using it and using it and you don't worry about maintaining it or updating it. And eventually what happens is it crashes, right? It just crashes. And there are two things we can do. And think about this as it, as it pertains to your life. Sometimes we just put a bunch of junk in and it kind of causes our, our hearts to crash a little bit. And there are only two things we can do. One is we can go to a restore point on a computer. And that's where we go back to a point where we weren't infected, back to a point where there wasn't an issue. And it means sacrificing some of the programs we've installed. It means sacrificing some of the cute kitten pictures. But we get back to a point where things were good. And we go back to that And we kind of start from there. And if it gets so bad, sometimes we just need to wipe the whole thing and start all over. Start with a good, clean, pure hard drive. And start with the original programming. And if you're not understanding where I'm going with that, let me show you what the original programming is. It's right here. If you're having a hard time, if you're filling it with junk, and you can't figure out why your life's not working, and you keep hitting control, alt, delete, and you can't figure out what's going on, Let's get into this a little bit. Talk to God. This is a Bible, by the way. It's not just a beat-up old book. It's the Word of God. We'll talk about that a little bit later. So anyway, we need to kind of rethink that and go back to that. And um, here's the thing. Most people think that that when you become a Christian, life's just going to be cushy, comfortable, wonderful. You're going to get what you want. You're going to get what you ask for. And it's better than even sitting on Santa's lap. And I got news for you. That's a lie. That's a lie of empty religion. Jesus talks about following him, and he uses words like risky, sacrificial, danger. Right? It's a little scary. I mean, think about it. Think about if you were going on a cruise, and that was their tagline. Here we go, the Royal Happiness Cruise Line, where you'll experience risk, danger, mystery, and sacrifice. (laughs) Sign me up. I don't care how much of a discount they give you on Expedia, I'm probably not going there. But if you put that exact same tagline on this, people will wait two hours in line. Right? Something's, something's messed up in our thinking. But that's what Jesus is about. He's about risk and danger and fun and excitement, adventure. And it's cool. It's a blast. Remember, Jesus started his ministry basically with two words. Follow me. Right? And he ended it with one word. Go. Those are action words. Those are let's do it. Let's make things happen. He never went up to Peter and Andrew sitting on the side, you know, fixing their nets and go, hey, you know what? Let's sit down and we're going to pray a prayer. And then I'm going to just go on and you meet me kind of at the end. He said, Follow me. Let's do it. Let's make some stuff happen. And so uh, this leads us to point three, which is experience. Our life with God, what brings meaning is the fact that we experience life. We just don't read about it. We just don't come to church and hear some guy talk about it, but we start experiencing it. So I ask you this are, are you a believer or are you an experiencer? Are you the person that said the prayer? Are you the person that's living it out? And I fall back on that sometimes. I'm very guilty of that. But I want to be the guy that's living it out. I want to be the guy that's risking, experiencing a little bit of danger. Think about this. Think about it in this way. What if you were, we have in just a little over a month, the Winter Olympics coming up in Russia, right? And what if you were a skier that had been training your whole life to, to compete and I mean, you're, you're there already right now, and you're checking out the courses, you're checking out the gates, you're seeing, you know, what the snow is like, what the weather conditions are going to be like, and you're practicing, and you're training, you're getting strong, and you get up to the gate to start your very first race, and those little things go beep, beep, right? And, the, eh, right? and you go, yeah, that's just crazy. I mean, look at that hill. And the other three guys are gone. You pick up your skis and go, man, those guys are going to kill themselves, Look how dangerous that is. I almost did that. And you walk around the Olympic village with your Olympic jacket on, the emblem, United States, and you're like, I participated in the Olympics. I went to the Olympics in 2014. And we live our faith out like that sometimes, folks. We fall back on that of, wow, that's kind of dangerous. I'm going to just wear the jacket. I'm cool. Me and God, we're cool. And um, I'll tell you this, no one ever scuffed their knee, busted their nose, or broke a leg sitting on a bench. And no one scored a goal on it either. Think about that. Maybe a little safer on the bench, but you don't score a lot of points sitting there, do you? I don't know. Everybody's still awake, right? All righty, cool. Because we're going to the fun part now, Risk. <laughs> let's follow jesus you know there's a story how many uh, how many people saw the the, the show braveheart Did you guys see that movie braveheart right william wallace and there's a guy there robert the bruce who then becomes the king of scotland and there's a point at which he is serving and and in uh there's a, a faithful aide to robert the bruce and robert the bruce Was dying, And he says, I would have liked to have seen one more battle. And his aide said to him, I'll make sure that you will. And when Robert the Bruce died, I mean, it's kind of gross, but they cut him open and they preserved his heart. And this aide to him, his great loyal friend, kept it in a leather pouch around his neck and would take it into battle with him every time. Now, that's kind of gross. Yeah. (laughs) Merry Christmas. Um... But there's a story and part of it's legend and part of it's true and who knows where the middle meets where they're surrounded in a hopeless situation and he he grabs the bag and rips it from his neck and he throws it into the enemy army and he goes, for the heart of the king. Let's go for the heart of the king. Sometimes we just need to throw it out there for the heart of the king, the king of kings. And the lord of lords and it doesn't matter if we get busted up doesn't matter if we get our feelings hurt We just want to love jesus And we want to see other people come to know him too You know well, cool Let me uh Some people think well again That's not what the bible says. It says we should have a life and it should be nice and And that and uh, i'm going to talk about first peter four says this dear friends do not be surprised at the fiery ordeal that has come on you to test you as though something strange were happening to you but rejoice in as much as you participate in the sufferings of christ so that you may be overjoyed when his glory is revealed fiery ordeals remember the cruise line sign me up But that's what Jesus is saying, what we should expect. In fact, out of the word, out of the mouth of Jesus himself, he says, I am sending you out like sheaves among wolves, Matthew 10. And in John 15, he says, if the world hates you, keep in mind that it hated me first. Hebrews 11, if you've never read Hebrews 11, Hebrews is in the New Testament, Go back a little ways, you know, hit the Gospels, turn right, and go back a few books toward the end. Go to chapter 11. Many people call it the Hall of Faith or the Chapter of Faith. And it goes through and it lists all these people throughout history. Moses, Abraham, Isaac, Joseph, Rahab, that have sacrificed and have been commended as faithful by the Lord. And the funny thing is, most of them, in fact, at the end of the chapter, it says none of them even got to see the fruits of all their labor. But they served and they were considered faithful. Too many times we think that Christian is a members-only club, and it's not. There's no comfort or benefits. There's no special card or secret handshake, because that's just a lie of empty religion. Instead, following Jesus is a joyful Difficult, risky, wonderful adventure. It really is. It's so much fun. It's a little scary, but you know, the the, the awesomeness, the adventure so outweighs the risk, right? It's like uh, a a few years ago, for her birthday, I bought Donna a ticket to go skydiving. And someone said, after that, did you buy life insurance? (laughs) And if I need it for anyone, it's for me, because I'm watching my wife go up in this plane, perfectly good plane. Why would someone jump out of that? Right? And, and, and I'm watching her, and, and here's the first thing. She boards the plane. Again, perfectly good plane, right? Boarding in there, a little jumpsuit on and everything. And they circle up. Go to the next one there, Peggy. They go, circle up 13,000 feet. And I'm looking at this little dot in the sky that that is the plane containing my wife, who I love dearly. And all of a sudden, little tiny dots start falling out of it. One of those little dots, that yellow thing, is my wife. And she made it down, because she's right there. Um, uh, and, and, uh, And it was very successful. Go ahead, Peggy. It was awesome. I was so proud of her that she did that. I was so proud that she did it so I didn't have to. (laughs) But she did, and I was proud of her. And the thing that makes it exciting is there's adventure. There's risk. There's the unknown. There's the mystery. What's going to happen when I jump out of the plane? What's it going to look like? What's it going to be like? I hope this big thing behind me opens up. But there's that security because you're attached to someone. This, this guy didn't know Donna at all, but he knew skydiving. He knew what to do. He knew when to do it and how to do it. Faith with Jesus is a little scary. It's a little rough. But guess what? We got someone who knows what they're doing. We got someone who we are tethered to, who loves us, who will never leave us. And that, that, my friends, is the reason for Christmas. It's jesus. He never leaves us never forsakes us He knows what he's doing and he takes us on the most wonderful adventure you ever have so our purpose So we need to embrace That we are called to purpose the purpose is that we have purpose You have a purpose, you know, john three sixteen is a wonderful place to start god So loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that who believes in him would not perish but have eternal life hallelujah Hallelujah, amen. I love that verse. There are several like it throughout the scriptures that we can quote. But then he goes on and says, but, in Galatians 5.13, you, my brothers and sisters, were called to be free, but don't use your freedom to indulge in the flesh. In other words, don't be selfish with it, but serve one another humbly in love. See, those are action words. We're called to do stuff. In other words, you're set free, but don't sit on your duff with it. Go out and make things happen. Go out and share some love. If you don't know what's going on, I've heard several people just sit and try to discern what we're supposed to do for Jesus. And yes, there is time to do that. But there are certain things that are very obvious in the scriptures, like, like taking care of widows and orphans and feeding the poor and clothing the poor and loving people and sharing the good news of Jesus Christ. And we don't need discernment for that. It's in black and white. We're to love people. We're to share. We're to care. Abundantly, scandalously, wonderfully. All right? Good stuff. Being a, a Christian, I, this is a guy named Erwin McManus wrote one of my favorite books called The Barbarian Way. He says this, being a Christian is more than being a good person that avoids sin, which is important but inadequate. Instead, we need to be experiencing God daily and living out a unique, extraordinary, and scandalously untamed faith. We civilize it too much. We try to make it comfortable and cushy and nice. But God's saying, making an adventure. And if you're sitting there going, man, I, I, I understand that, Tony, but I'm just, I'm not hearing from God. I'm trying, but I feel like God's way up there, and, and I totally get that. Been there, I totally understand. But let me ask you this, because these are the questions I ask myself when I say those things, is this, have you spent time in the Word? Have you spent time in prayer? And that means listening as well as talking. It means worshiping as much as you ask. Have you taken time to just get alone with Jesus, maybe even fast, and really seek what he's doing in your life? I don't know. The more the more you put in, kind of the more you get out, I think. It's kind of like any relationship. If I wanted to, to have a relationship with my wife, we've been married 21 and a half blissful, wonderful years. And the what makes it work is, is after we got married. We actually went home together and lived in the same house and we talk. We go places together and we talk. And then I do something wrong and, and she looks at me. Which is communication. Amen. Amen. Yeah. I knew I'd get one from you, Dennis. <laughs> Sally's over there like, yes. But it's true. How can we expect to know what each other wants if we don't communicate? Same way with God. Are we listening? Are we hearing? That's a little sidebar. That's extra. That's free. Let's get the facts straight here, folks. If we want to have a meaningful life, let's talk about it. Let's talk about what it looks like. First of all, the Bible says Christ followers often, not always, do things that make them look a little crazy, slightly irrational, and even drunk. Day of Pentecost, the people said, what are those guys doing? It's still early in the day. Are they drunk? It's because they were filled with the Holy Spirit. They were doing amazing things. They were doing things that were considered out of the norm for the day. And let me tell you how that applies today. How about the guy at work? You know the guy who's always encouraging. He's always uplifting. He always brings life. Man, how are you doing? He wants to hear about you more than he wants to tell about himself. I love that shirt. Where'd you get that shirt? Tell me about you. Tell me about your kids. Let me see a picture. Right? I'm talking about that single mom that can barely feed her family, but when we do a grocery giveaway, shows up with a bag of canned goods. That doesn't make sense. Jesus doesn't make sense. I'm talking about the kid in high school who goes and sits and eats lunches every day with the kid that no one else will talk to. Those things don't make sense, do they? That math does not add up. Our world, our, our culture says, man, you do what you need to do to get along. You make things happen. People need to earn your respect. And Jesus just turns it all around and says, just love people. Just give. Just follow me. And that's what's going to bring meaning to your life. That other stuff, meaningless, meaningless. Utter meaningless when it comes to eternity. So here's some questions that, that we need to ask ourselves. Because this is stuff that I, I need to do. Back in the 80s, they called this introspection. Uh, now we're just going to call it taking some inventory. And here's some questions that I, I need to ask myself. Um, go ahead and click the... There we go. Number one is this. Do the things I do look crazy or maybe even like not quite right to the people around me? Are they, are they irrational? Are they, do they not quite fit in when people see me coming or are, are they glad? Or do I just kind of fit in? Do I just kind of slide in? Second is this. Do I bring life wherever I go? Do people, when they see me coming, to go, Oh, man, Tony's here. Do they go, Oh, I can't wait till he leaves. (laughs) You know? Some of you are going, That was the latter one. Are they happy? Do you bring life into a situation? How about this? If I fill in the blank. If I retire, if I move away, how about this? this is a little gruesome. If I passed away today, would anyone know? Would anyone care? Would anyone realize it? Would anyone go, oh man, I can't believe so and so retired. It work's just not going to be the same without them. Oh, I can't believe the, the Gilmores are moving away. They were such a blessing to our neighborhood. Or are they there helping you move out? Can we get these in a little quicker? Right? We need to challenge ourselves. We need to ask ourselves, am I really experiencing God? Am I, am I living that life to the fullest? Or am I just kind of learning? I, I, I want to I live it. Francis Chan wrote a book called Crazy Love. I love this book. I highly recommend it as, as a book. And it says this, our greatest fear should not be of failure, but of succeeding at things in life that don't really matter. Think about that. Let that sink in for a second. I want the things I do to matter. I want them to make an impact in a very positive way. I want to live a meaningful life. Here's the point. Last point I'll give you. Life with Jesus is the greatest adventure you'll ever have. It's a little scary. It's a little dangerous. It's kind of risky. But it is a complete blast. It is awesome. And it's more than just good. It's great. It's more than just nice. It's fulfilling. It fills you up. Like the richest of foods, Psalm 63 says. It's an awesome journey. The uh, worship team's going to head up. And as they do, we're just going to sing a song. I love this song, How He Loves Us. And as we sing that song, maybe a few of those questions get put in your mind. Am I? Am I living a meaningful life? Does anyone know? Does anyone care? And I'm not talking about, hear me hear me in this when I say this. Let me adjust a couple of things I've said because I want you to be, I want to be clear on it. We don't go do those things to say, look at me. We don't go in and say, I'm being nice to you because Jesus loves you. Or maybe you need to do that every once in a while. <laughs> you don't walk in and with your donation to a place and go, look at me giving all of this right now. The people who are living it are the people who just slide in almost unnoticed. And yet for some reason when they're not there, there's a huge hole, right? Humble, serve one another in love humbly. That's what life's about. I want you, I want nothing more for you, I want nothing less for you than to start off 2014 going, here's the line in the sand right here. From here out, I don't care what the risk is. I don't care what the danger is. I'm going on this adventure with Jesus. Like, like Matthew, the tax collector, who, who put his stuff aside and got up when Jesus said, follow me, and he says, you know what? I'm good. He didn't sit and go, well, let me get some change to some people. Well, let me count up my stuff and put it in my pocket and I'll go. He says, let's go, God. Let's make some stuff happen. And the circumstances may be a little different than they were 2,000 years ago, but it doesn't change our response. And it definitely doesn't change his, his statement of follow me. So, Lord God, in the name of Jesus, we just pray that as we end this year and start a new one, that you would start stirring in our heart that you would take that ember that maybe's gotten a little bit cold and that your holy spirit would breathe on it breathe it back into life breathe it back not into a flame but into a roaring bonfire that is just hungry for more of you father god just enrich our lives and give us the courage to take that first step when you say follow me We know it's not easy always, but we know it's good. We love you, God. We love you. It's all yours anyway. We just give it to you in the name of Jesus. Amen.